0: This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Spatial Audio with Dolby Atmos and Apple Lossless Music. Experience music like you've never heard before, the next stage in the evolution of recorded music. Spatial Audio by Apple. I'm Carly Ray Jepsen and I'm all the members of bleachers. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. Bro, how many members are in bleachers? actually, I don't even know.
1: Uh, just the one, Tim. that's part of the part of the joke. <laughs> okay. One guy. Okay,
0: good joke, pal. nice nice joke to kick things off here. Thank T- you. Uh, Thank talking, you very much. Talking today about Jackson L. Antonoff. People
1: yeah. 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 dream high in the quiet of the night, you know that I caught right it. Right bad, bad boy, sunny toy with the price, you know that I bought it. Right.
0: I may be overstating this map, but I don't think I am when I say Jack Antonoff is the Devil's most in-demand producer and songwriter working today.
1: Blue, blue, ooh, oh, oh. Cool. Thoughts? Tim, I hate to kick things off like this, but I do agree with you. <laughs> uh, he absolutely is. He is the premier producer in popular music today and there's very little doubt about that
0: i maybe wouldn't have said this a few weeks ago but all of a sudden the other day i was just swept away in a tsunami of jack Antonoff co-written songs the guy just came out i mean so he's got he's actively uh, a part of lord's resurgence right now uh, saint vincent is coming back Bleachers has a new album coming out, um, and he has his fingerprints all over all this stuff. And like all these songs came out like within hours of each other. And so, I mean, it's the summer of Jack Antonoff, it feels like. Whether he planned it or not, it's here.
1: Uh, it's been a while coming, too, Tim. I think, um, you know, to give some, some background here, Jack mm. Antonoff, folks, uh, he started out in, I guess, the his mainstream career as a member of the band Fun. We remember them. Oh, of course They we were know. They were hot for a second. Uh, they don't really exist anymore, but he was a member of Fun. Give me a second, I, I need to get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the impasse. And then uh, leveraged that into his current uh, status as the premier producer of popular music today.
0: I don't want to gloss over fun too much because when they were a big deal in, what, 2013 maybe, 2012, they were a really big deal. They felt like this perfect summary of 2010's pop music and and what it could be and, and maybe should be. I was sort of theatrical... It was, sorry, fun. Uh, it, it was catchy, really catchy stuff. And, uh, you know, Nate Roos, the singer, a terrific voice, without Digging into it closely, I guess I just figured, oh, he's probably writing most of this stuff. But it turns out the guy doing a lot of the legwork in Fun was Jack Antonoff, and he was not—he was, uh, you know, sort of in the background of that operation, I would say.
1: Yes, I mean, and and that particular project of his, uh, it sort of was a flash in the pan. I mean, they they released. A couple albums, mm-hmm. and "Some Nights" was the the big hot one that I think won them a Grammy, at least one Grammy. I think that's uh, right. And uh, yeah, but he he did not really get uh, a lot of a lot of the spotlight on him at that point, uh, which is why it's kind of funny that he decided to become a producer because, in general, Tim, and you know this, uh, the spotlight does not usually fall on the producer at mm. least it hasn't for a long time I think things are changing a little bit now because we're talking about J- Jack Antonoff um, but yeah he he sort of is now um, the premier producer of popular music as I had said
0: <laughs> I mean when you're right you're right bud <laughs>
1: To a weapon or a drug You can be the outcast be the backlash somebody's lack of love
0: Well, what's the thing about Jack is He's almost... He is running the risk of overexposure, I think. Uh, because he has, um, whether intentionally or not, become sort of the joke of, Oh, there's a new, you know female pop star with uh, sort of indie flair uh, with a new single out I wonder if Jack Antonoff
1: produced it oh he did <laughs> he sure did that's right I think and and it's a very it's a very interesting um, topic which is why here on Ear Buddies we're talking about it um, we traffic in interesting topics yeah, yeah uh, because producers are in general very rarely overexposed Right, they, mm-hmm. they work behind the scenes, they help the artist, uh, they um, do a vitally important job, but still, it has really been in sort of a, an unsung position for a very long time. But now, people really are recognizing Jack's fingerprints, like you mentioned, o- over so many things. Um, and even wh- in the artists that he doesn't directly work with, Um, people take their cues from trends, and he is and has been setting the trends.
0: And now I think he is the premier producer of pop music.
1: (laughs) Well, I had pronounced it premier, um, but I do agree with you. I think he is the premier producer of pop music. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, let's let's dive into his work a little bit it was um, in, right so Fun basically disbands after they conquer the world they get they win best new artist at the Grammys and song of the year um, and then they just are like nah we're done that's it and uh, Jack goes on to his solo project Bleachers
1: hey I hear the voice of a preacher from the back Call him a name and I follow just to find you I trace the faith to Train myself to give
0: up on the past which stays pretty firmly uh, indie, you know it, it's not like Bleacher's sword to the top of any billboard charts or anything no, right and so, at that time, 2014 I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, cool he's just an indie dude, but then Taylor Swift goes pop with 1989 Mm-hmm largely thanks to the help of Jack Antonoff. He is a producer on three tracks on 1989, including Out of the Woods. And this one, I, I Wish You Would, which is one of my faves on that album.
1: It's 2 a.m. In your car. Windows down past my street. The memories start. You say it's in the past
0: so i don't know what the back and forth was here matt i you know i don't know if anyone does maybe i just haven't done the research but my thought my first thought is kudos to taylor swift for having her finger on the pulse of where pop music was headed mm. and who was driving it in that direction. Yep. So that when she jumped off the country music ship and onto the pop music lifeboat, trying to make this metaphor work. Uh, sure. Yeah. Keep going. Antonov was on her list of folks to work with, even though he did not have a massive list of writing credits or, or his his resume was not that incredible. Um, right. But. I mean, clearly this guy knows what he's doing, and she recognized that, and uh, it resulted in something excellent.
1: Yeah, so uh, you say you don't know the back and forth, and of course that's how these things go. You hear it secondhand, but Interestingly, uh, an interview with Jack in Rolling Stone came out yesterday as, as of this recording huh. And he talked, he talked a little bit about how he became a producer And it literally was Out of the Woods he, Because he had written Out of the Woods with Taylor Uh, and he had produced a version, he said that he expected someone else, like some big, well, I mean, there were people like Max Martin and Shellback producing this particular album, right, right, right. who are uh, monster producers. Mm -hmm. And he said he expected some big shot to come in and just rework all the production. But Taylor, I guess, uh, reached out to him and was like, this is great, can't wait for it to come out, and that was it. Like, no Mm -hmm. one else was producing it. It It was him. And of course, if you're producing a track on a Taylor Swift album, uh, that's going to get you quite a bit of work in the future, and it certainly did for him. You maybe
0: can can think of parallels like Dan Nigro, who is Olivia Rodrigo's primary producer. You gotta wonder if he is sort of at the stage that Antonov was in 2014 when he started working with Taylor Swift. Like he had, he's a relative nobody. Now is tied to a massive blockbuster pop star. Uh, you know, we may hear work from him for the next decade.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, that's the kind of stuff that keeps your phone ringing. Yep. Um. So, I mean, great, very cool. Yep. Uh, and I will I will say, um, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, Tim. So you can redirect this conversation. But if you're making an album called 1989, mm-hmm. Jack Antonoff is a, uh, a great choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he loves analog, man. He loves <laughs> those, you know, real old synths
1: and, and cool drum machines and uses them to great effect. Yep, big gated snares. Yeah, uh, and, and it's cool because... Um, well, when he started out, that was cool. And he... <laughs> Well, I mean, this is something we'll get into in a second, but yeah. he he definitely has um, a signature sound, a signature style. All producers do, so that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, but he really does lean heavily on those, those big old synths and those reverbed out drum machines and um, real sounds of the 80s. was very much in vogue um, around the time he he started doing this, and which he helped to bring to even greater prominence. Um, now, he's kind of still doing it. Kind of. Uh, he's mov- He's he's moving a bit more organic, I would say, yep. in his recent work. Um, but it still does sound like Jack Antonoff.
0: Yeah. We'll get to his newer stuff in a moment, but I, I want to dig into that a little bit, because yeah, the Antonov sound became really recognizable, and I would argue almost became a problem for him um, with reputation from Taylor. Like
1: mm. Ooh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me Oh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what
0: you I think it's fairly conventional wisdom to say that the reputation era for Taylor wasn't her height or near it really. No, uh, right. And so you almost wonder if she swung too far in that direction and um got bitten for it, maybe. Um But I don't wanna I I don't want to make it sound like he was a one-trick pony, because he wasn't around the same time as Reputation we get melodrama from Lord.
1: I do my makeup in somebody else's car. We ordered different drinks at the same bars.
0: Which is a very, very different album and does some really excellent stuff, I would say. So he 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 was he is a diverse producer, but he has those signatures um that at least uh that usually hit but sometimes miss. And I, I would say the reputation era was mostly a miss.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think and, and it's, what's interesting, too, now is that because he has gotten this big spotlight on him and people are talking about who's producing things, there have been this, this cycle. Because I know, Tim, you and I have known about Jack for several years. We keep our ear to the ground when it comes to these sorts of things. Yep. Um, but especially with the new Lord release... Uh, Everybody's talking about it They're doing viral tweets about With Jack Antonoff jokes That are pulling down A hundred thousand likes You know Uh, And so uh, People People are aware of this But I also I don't A lot of people Sort of hate this guy Because he's getting Well And it seems like They're mad that he's getting A ton of work And doing And overexposing himself Which I Sort of get but I think it's it's more valid to say something like his his touch on all these songs may be a little flat, maybe a little stale, um, and most importantly, I would say just because he is the the hottest producer around, um, the premier, producer. it doesn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes, the premier pr- producer. Uh, it doesn't mean that. All of his work is going to be gold, but what it does mean is that uh, he has a lot more clout, and he's working with artists who, well, for example, a bunch of people loved Reputation, a bunch of yeah. serious Taylor fans loved Reputation because they love Taylor. A mm-hmm. lot of people uh, who love Lord love everything she does, and that includes uh, tr- any track by you know that was produced by Jack that may not be incredible. Yeah. Um. So now he's he's at the point where he, I mean, I don't want to say overexposed once again, but he is overexposed to the point where people are really noticing and they're really uh, looking for flaws there, which is um, part and parcel of, I guess, that sort of journey.
0: I have complicated feelings about where we all are with jack antonoff in 2021 because
1: good i tell me more
0: please so he is everywhere all at once and i think it was the av club i read uh offered just sort of a quick criticism saying that it's that his involvement with so many female pop stars right now is flattening the soundscape of female pop music in 2021 mm. because he's just he, Lana Del Rey, Lord, oh. uh, Claro, Taylor Swift, all of these women are writing with jack antonoff and so you get a lot of music that kind of sounds like it was written by jack antonoff even though you are listening to all sorts of artists
1: well yeah even um a, a big thing that i've seen going around and i do agree with is that olivia rodrigo's album sounds a lot like jack antonoff had had uh Something to do with it, and he didn't yep. beyond the interpolation. I think of one Taylor Swift song right. that he had produced. However, uh, you could you could absolutely convince me had I not read the credits, had we not done a whole episode on Olivia and her producer, uh-huh. that Jack uh, produced a good seventy five percent of that album. Um, and again, it isn't it isn't just his sonic signatures. Uh, always being um, big 80s sounds although that is part of it but just that vibe and especially because it is with female artists for the most part Mm -hmm. that does flatten the dynamic curve of the I guess listening experience and everything becomes a little more homogenized because you hear what's working and you want to uh, you want your stuff to keep working, so you adapt those trends. Yeah, it
0: does. It takes a little bit of the joy of discovery out of the pop music scene for me. It and what it does in turn is, uh, it makes me even more um, appreciative of non Antonov. <laughs> Clients, collaborators. Well, like yeah, like when you showed me "Punisher" by Phoebe Bridgers, mm. what a fresh album! What a fresh sound she was bringing. Because it, at least to my ear, uh, does not smack at all of something produced by Jack Antonoff. It's something. It's a. It's a female pop artist um, who has kind of the indie qualities, but is not. um uh, you know a branch of the Jack Antonoff tree
1: I want to believe Instead I look at the sky and I feel nothing You know I hate to be alone I want
0: to be
1: That's exactly it. I, I sort of have that um, that feeling with um, Heim, right? Because they're they're a girl group, and mm. they have uh, they've worked with uh, Rostam from Vampire Weekend, who is a phenomenal producer, and he just has a different he's a different person than Jack Antonoff. And it's just great to have a different person doing something. Um, and again, this is, this is a truly unsolvable problem, right? Because the industry, any industry is going to, uh, migrate to and celebrate and want to work with the, the people whose stuff is taken off. Um, So I get it. It's it's,
0: it's not like I. Right. It's not like I wish Jack Antonoff was getting less work. Like, it's great. Good for you. He does really good work. Uh, It feels like his production philosophies are smart and he does smart things in the studio and he brings great things out of the artists he works with. So I'm not saying I, I wish he had fewer clients or or fewer collaborators. Um, And another important point, I think, is you can posit that he is a very um, healthy presence in a a recording studio the way not all producers are. And so the fact that he works with predominantly female artists... And they feel comfortable working with him in an industry that has historically been horrible to female artists. That's good, you know. I, I'm, <laughs> that is I'm glad good. he's that is there. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 fantastic that he is there and is a good collaborator. It just, I keep coming back to, yeah, that it, that it makes the whole scene feel just a little flatter and have a, a, a narrower range of possibilities at the moment. At least. Yes.
1: That's, I think that really kind of puts the nail in the coffin or hits it on the head. Uh, because I like Jack Antonoff. Probably mm-hmm. as a person, yeah, um, me too, and <laughs> nice guy. It's <laughs> really, really nice, really <laughs> nice guy. Um, but yeah, even I mean, even the greatest producer in the world uh, is not going to knock it out of the park every time. And also, yeah. maybe even more importantly, is the ideas from one brain, um, or even the ideas from one brain and some other talented female artists brain are not going to diversify themselves much. For example, there there's a um I want to I want to list the names of a, a few songs that Jack Antonoff has worked on. Great. Um Strawberries and Cigarettes by Troy Savon. You're in Love by Taylor Swift. Loved Up by Amy Shark. And I hate to take off and land, so you hold my hand. Roller Coaster by Bleachers, his own band. Comeback, which is Carly Rae Jepsen featuring Bleachers. I'm at a war with myself. All of those songs have a very similar feel, um, and it's not because they're ripped off from one another, but the synth parts... The syncopation, uh, the chords themselves, the beats all sound pretty similar to each other in a way where it seems like maybe Jack is just, I mean, probably unconsciously reaching back into his his toolbox of stuff that works yeah. and doing it over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like a jazz musicians return to licks when they're improvising over and over because mm-hmm. it's just... Yeah, it, it, it becomes instinctive to do certain yep. things, and you know it works. And it sounds good. It exactly. sounds good. Right, you, you keep coming back to it because you get good results. That makes sense. Um, and I also think we should just note that um, his, his maybe highest profile new release, Solar Power by Lord.
1: I hate the winter. Can't stand the cold. I tend. To cancel all the plans. So sorry, I can't make it. But when the heat comes, something takes a hold. Can I kick it?
0: Yeah. I Is it? I would say a pretty big departure from a lot of the stuff we have been playing up to this point. He is, he is changing. He is doing different things. He's challenging himself. It feels like to to do different things. So it's not, yes. it's not like we have been getting the exact same canned pop sound for the last eight years. We haven't. Right. And right. That's. I'm optimistic that that he's a smart enough and good enough producer that. We're not gonna like be pulling our hair out in two years after we get you know six more big releases from him. I, th- I think they're gonna be differentiated enough that it'll all yes. be worth listening to.
1: Yes, I fully agree. I think that's a very uh, clear-headed and measured take on this because when when you get down to what's really getting people's goat uh, on the internet about this and why they're just mad at this guy. Um, It doesn't really make sense because he isn't just constantly recycling beats. Um, He is uh, homogenizing pop music further, but, I mean, that's not... That is his fault, but it's not his fault. You know what I mean? Absolutely. uh, And so it it seems like they're mad that he's just doing so much stuff. And I do get it, and other people ought to have opportunities too, and he's really taken the lion's share. But... I agree with you. I really do think that, I mean, this Lord song is a great example. This is, he's not putting big old bleachers drums in here. He's not doing uh, sort of that classic thing. And even, even uh, when he was doing melodrama with Lord, like one of the songs is a, a piano in her voice. Like, yeah. that's good. That's, that's, um, shows more maturity than, um, I guess just a beat maker making beats and recycling them ad nauseum.
0: A measured take, bro. That's what <laughs> that's what Earbuddies fans have come to expect and doggone it, that's what they get out of us week by week.
1: That's right. Earbuddies is a show within a show and the show that it's in is called Life. <laughs> and <laughs> and we really try to do our best to make life and the show both better for you by those sort of those measured clear-headed takes that we bring to the conversation ear
0: buddies we'll return in a moment This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Spatial Audio by Apple Music and Dolby Atmos.
1: Music is about to change forever, baby. (laughs) It's finally here, folks. Spatial Audio with um, lossless audio. I've been so fed up
0: with stereo for decades. It's not enough. It's just not, it's not enough. enough. Mono? Obviously, the Stone Age, right? Okay. <laughs> Stereo? That's black the and white. Stone Age. That's black and white TV, man.
1: <laughs> right. We I'm sorry. We want spatial it is... audio. It's 2021. It's the future.
0: From rock to hip hop to jazz, music has been remastered to sound... So good gang It's (laughs) incredible And as part of this promotion Thanks to uh, the fine folks at Apple I'm happy to announce that This episode of Ear Buddies Is presented in Spatial audio (laughs) Lossless Dolby Atmos
1: Spatial Audio That's right Right here on Ear Buddies It's like you're sitting in the room With us And now, you may say, Matt, Tim, I can't hear any difference. Well, look, that's on you. Yeah. That is not our problem. Even if lossless audio sounds the exact same (laughs) to almost everybody in the world as regular audio, Apple's still doing it. Apple's got to innovate. Hello, it's me,
0: Zane Lowe. I'm here on earbuddies. matt tim f- thank you for welcoming me on yeah sure zane of course uh and uh we are here to give a demonstration of how fabulous and revolutionary spatial audio is
1: uh so matt talk to us about music sure well the thing that i love so much about music um is As you're listening to cool this, you may
0: notice that the audio um, is me, coming out of a single so channel. People, That's mono audio. I like
1: the way that it sounds. I like the sound of music. I like how it makes me feel. Um, it can make me feel happy. It now, feel
0: I'm going to split the sad. audio into stereo and listen if to I'm sad, how you can, make can make hear Matt coming out happy. of two channels. Um, there's a lot of...
1: to music, Um, I like to listen to it um, every day.
0: Now, seamlessly, while Matt is talking, I am going to convert his audio into spatial audio. Matt, please proceed.
1: I like to um, play it. Um, I think it's cool how if you play an instrument... That means
0: note the bass timbres coming um, and rumbling your and chest you in a deep, a band, fabulous way. Consider the fact that you can hear band, his breath um, or tickling you your ear, people, your ear canal. Um, see the world, Notice that uh, the words he says friends are, friends are cooler uh, and bigger now. You can talk about that is friends. the magic of spatial uh, audio, audio like, presented like by Dolby Atmos and Apple. Zane, thank you for stopping by and giving us that demonstration. That was awesome. I think spatial audio, Matt, is
1: the future. Tim, it's just so exciting that we live finally, finally in a time where uh, this sort of innovation can be experienced by all Apple Music subscribers. Um, and hopefully the rest of the world before too long, depending on IP um, and some legal things. But it's just, this is the way that music ought to be heard. Um, And it's, I think it also, a a real gift that we have been able to record this ep entirely lossless. Mm. Um, (laughs) You... Look, it's <laughs> I'm sure you noticed the difference right out of the gate. Everyone was like, there's something something a little bit different about this. I can I can hear a little bit more of that high end and a little bit more of that low end. Um,
0: now, please note that the download of this episode probably, Gobbled up your data <laughs> allowance on Verizon or AT&T. So if you get an overage right. charge,
1: that's Make not sure on us. Download, download sorry, on Wi-Fi, better net. Download on Ethernet. Um, that'll that'll really yeah. that'll do it.
0: Plug your phone directly into an Ethernet cable. Maybe just bring it right to your ISP <laughs> and see if they can somehow dump it. Maybe via USB. Um, anything to avoid having t- some sort of data transfer. I think you might regret the data transfer ultimately. <clears throat> But once you have this lossless, spatial, Dolby sound in your ear, it's, sorry, it's going to be hard to go back to music the way you knew it before. That's right. That's right, Tim. And pods. (laughs) It is spatial audio and lossless Dolby Atmos sound brought to you by Steve Jobs' Tim Cook, that guy uh, who, uh, the bald, g- Johnny Ive, the bald guy. Yep. Who who says al- aluminum. That's him. That guy. Yep. And, and all the fine folks at Apple Industries Incorporated. <music> Welcome back to Ear Buddies. And welcome back to Show and Tell, uh, Jack Antonoff Edition. Matt, kick us off, would you?
1: Sure thing, Tim. Uh, this uh, is a song by acclaimed duo Tegan and Sarah. They're still around. Uh, they were, yeah, they're a cool a cool group, and they kind of got on the Jack Antonoff bandwagon before it was a bandwagon. Uh, And they did a song called, How Come You Don't Want Me, with our buddy Jack.
0: I can't say that I'm sorry, getting so ahead of myself. I can't say that I'm sorry, loving you and hating myself. I had nothing to show you, I had nothing to hold you down. I mean, it's funny, I knew this song, I really like this album from Tegan and Sarah. I, I got into it when it came out in 2013. Now that I know it's by Jack Antonoff,
1: boy, is it ever! It, yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes a ton of sense, doesn't it? This is, oh yeah. What we're listening to here, folks, is uh, what I like to call classic Jack. This is, <laughs> this is Jack using his favorite stuff: uh, electronic drums and big old saw, sign, synth bass, and little blippers and that's the term um, and just putting all that together to make a pretty killer pop song I mean it's funny this chorus
0: is all on the on the one note of the scale Mm. a lot like a song that he'll do in a year called out of the woods are we out of the woods yet are we out of the I mean yeah it is classic Jack, as you said. Good, good tune. It's good stuff. Jack does nice work. And uh, if if we're talking about the risk of overexposure, well, l- listen, man. My show and tell is a new song by another up and coming female pop star uh, named Diana Ross. Ooh boy. This is a. Uh... What if I told you that one of the great female vocalists of the 20th century has a new album of original music coming out? Written by Jack Antonoff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I do believe you. I believe you when you tell me that.
0: Like the blood running through my veins. Sunshine when there's only rain. You're the reason my heart keeps learning.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I hear it, right? Like- yeah, that's that's very interesting Tim. So I did not know um, uh, that he was doing that. And uh, I'm, of course, of two minds about it. Very measured and, and clear-headed, I hope. Uh, look, if music is a language... If it's the universal language, is that what the universal language is? is, it, is I believe so, Matt. It is music. Right. Yes, great. Okay, um, so <laughs> assuming that music is the universal language, genres those are dialects. And ah, and okay. Diana Ross. If you're do- if you're producing an album for her, you got to know Motown. You got to know what's going on. Um, that's like, a pretty good Marvin Gaye.
0: That, that was pretty good. Did you mean Thank to do that? that was good. No,
1: I did not until afterwards. Um, but you gotta, you gotta know uh, that vibe and that dialect because you can't just sort of jack anchin off your way through that, you know. <laughs>
0: Doesn't sound like out of the woods
1: No it sounds like he did his research Maybe he was a Motown fan already Um, It's not uh, Diana Ross in the 70s But I doubt she wants that So cool slap bass Cool chord progression Um, I hope it I hope it's good I hope it all works out Album comes out in
0: September It's her first album of original music In
1: 22 years Boy, that's got to be a, a real uh, cross for Jack to, to bear, huh? He's yeah. a lot on his shoulders, poor guy. Right, in October, people
0: are going to be asking, Jack, how does it feel to have single-handedly destroyed the <laughs> career of Diana Ross?
1: <laughs> you are done. Get him out of here.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Diana Ross, uh, you know we don't usually do this, but we should tease that our next app, bro, mm.
1: we're throwing it back to Motown, aren't we? We sure are. We've got a lot of uh, really intriguing stuff to talk about, um, with Motown, and if I may, yes, how may. it relates, how it relates to modern day K-pop. Hmm. Oh
0: hmm. boy, my mouth is watering. That's fun. I need more ear buddies. I the hear it. is fun. Be- I like. I like. People are screaming down the street. I need more ear buddies. Well, tough. <laughs> you have to wait week by week like everybody else (laughs) deal with it and just relax and enjoy the ride and have a great whatever talk to you later buddy talk to you later buddy